Now, Richard Spoy Incorporated Attorneys has launched an application at the Financial Services Tribunal to review the Prudential Authority's decision to allow Constantia Insurance to cancel more than 5,000 life policies. Joining us on the line to speak on this further is Sanam Mansing, of, who is from Richard Spoy Incorporated. Welcome, Sanam, to Rise of Thank you very much and good evening to everyone. Yeah. Now, Sanam, and I think for the benefit of our listeners, I think there are many institutions here at play. One, um, are you able just to outline for us what is the role of the Prudential Authority in financial services in South Africa and how different is that role from the FSCA, what we would know as the former FSB, and who is the Financial Services Tribunal? Sure. So just to give some background, the Prudential Authority is basically a statutory body that is in charge of regulating insurance sectors as well as financial sector um, in South Africa. And it is within the administration of the South African Reserve Bank. And some of their competencies include um, providing financial institutions with assistance, market infrastructures, Mm. financial products, and security services. Then we have the FSCA, which is the Financial Services Conduct Authority, and they are a separate body Mm. that does not have that oversight mandate that the PA does have. That body deals more with complaints and issues that arise in the financial sectors, be it from a a client or an insurance policy holder or a financial product. So they are the first port of call to sort of mediate any issues that the public may have with something that has been offered to them. If that does not bring in relief, then we have the Financial Services Tribunal, mm. which is actually um, a forum to hear disputes mm. and works similar to the High Court, but is a watered-down version in that they do not have as wide powers um, as a court of law, mm. but they are there as an internal remedy to preside over issues that may occur in insurance financial securities or, or markets. So now, Sanam, in the case with Constantia, what transpired, should I say, uh, what has happened uh, within the prescripts of the law? Yes, so just to, to take a step back, in about 2018, the insurance sector legislation was completely overhauled And that means that the Short-Term Insurance Act and the Long-Term Insurance Act were largely repealed and replaced by the Insurance Act. Mm. The new Insurance Act then required all insurance companies to choose between what license their company was going to hold. The differentiation was either a life license which allows you to offer life products and life insurance or a non-life license, which allows you, in essence, to offer short-term insurance. Mm. So what happened with Constantia is that in about early 2020, that was last year, Constantia released 
and SMS mm. to policyholders that held the cover grow and the living legacy policies. Okay. And they stated that their policies would now be cancelled mm. because in terms of this new insurance act, Constantia is no longer licensed to provide life cover mm. as they had elected to have a non-life license. Yeah. Now, you know, a layman's question mm-hmm. then would be, if I'm a life policy holder, you know, through this product, how is this my fault? You know? Um, I mean, how am I being prejudiced by, by, by Constantia here? Absolutely. And bearing in mind that our policyholders have paid their premiums religiously Mm, and mm. have honored all the terms and conditions of their life insurance policy, Mm. this has been a great injustice to the policyholders who who are elderly, who do have pre-existing conditions, mm. and who were looking to provide something for, for their families in the event of their death. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, the, the reason why I ask these questions as well is to say, I mean, if I've taken out a policy with a particular company, I'm, I'm hoping that whatever promise that they've made, they would be able to deliver on that particular promise as well. Uh, um, and and, and I, I get worried, um, you know, as a policyholder, then if... If that particular company is then saying, I'm just going to cancel that policy and I've paid for so many years in order for that policy to, 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 to happen. What are your comments with regards to that? Yes, that's a, that's a very good point to raise. And it's, that's, that's why we have worked so hard to take on this matter because we do believe that life insurance goes to the very dignity of a human being. And the whole reputation of the insurance industry is at stake. Mm. What comfort do we now have that our policies that we hold cannot be cancelled at a whim due to a regulatory change? It's 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 devastating what has happened to these policyholders. Yeah. And for those of you who've just tuned in, it is Taking Care of Business on Rise FM and we're chatting to Richard Spur Incorporated Attorney's Associate Attorney, and that is Sanam Mansing, about the legal showdown with Constantia Insurance. Now, Sanam, uh, has there been a similar conversation in recent memory with regards to life or non-life? In terms of the conversion? Yeah. Mm. Yes, so I would imagine that during the conversion process, many insurers would have been faced with the similar difficulty of no longer being licensed to offer policies that they previously held. However, the Insurance Act does provide a few opportunities with how these policies should be dealt with. One of them is for them to be transferred to another insurer that is licensed to hold them. And most insurance companies have a subsidiary within their group that would be licensed Mm. to hold for, say, a life insurance um, product. The other other option was to discharge their obligations in terms of the policies. Mm. And that is still open to interpretation because the act is pretty new. So Mm. we are... We don't know for certain how that would work in operation, but in terms of which I'm sure that a reasonable... A reasonable dealing with it in a reasonable manner could have been achieved by discharging the obligations, whether that meant refunding the premiums or paying out the amount owed yeah. in terms of the policy at that time. Uh. And then the last option is to order, orderly resolve the policy. 
And this term has been taken from the banking sector and <clears throat> hasn't been operated in the insurance sector in South Africa. But this is what the PA has alleged that they have done. They have orderly resolved the policies mm. by cancelling them and offering an accidental health and funeral cover benefits in their replacement. Yeah. But surely, I mean, just picking up on that last point there, I mean, you can't compare what you compared before in terms of the previous policy to a funeral policy and a personal accident cover? I mean, surely you're not replacing like for like, is it? Absolutely. The terms are vastly different mm. and they are not what the policyholders signed up for. They were looking for life insurance cover. Mm. So what remedies are you seeking in the tribunal on behalf of the policyholders? At the tribunal, um, the difficulty is that the powers are not as wide as a high court. Mm. Mm. It is an internal administrative remedy to seek guidance from the tribunal. So we would ask for the matter to be remitted to the prudential authority with recommendations to reconsider their decision. And we hope that the prudential authority in this instance would actually consider the interest and the position of the policyholders and the difficulties that have arisen. Many of them have pre-existing conditions such as cancer, lupus, life-threatening illnesses. Mm, mm. And, and now on top of dealing with that illness, they have to worry about whether their families are going to have enough money to... Yeah pay for those medical expenses and those medical debts when they pass away. Mm. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, Sonama, I mean, you know, and, and in insurance, we've, we've seen it many times where, you know, a book gets sold to another insurer, for instance. I mean, the, the obvious question for me is, wouldn't it have been simpler for Constantia just to sell this insurance book um, instead of cancelling these policies? I mean, surely that could have been an option on the table. Absolutely, or even a, a runoff type of scheme where mm, no further mm. policies are being sold, but you carry these out until the end. What Constantia has raised in the papers that we have submitted to the Financial Services Tribunal was that in the instance of selling, there has to be a willing buyer. Yeah. Yeah. And from the terms of the policies, the premiums were fairly low mm. compared to the payout. For uh, okay. example, a stage four cancer patient was paying about 750 rand for 2 million rand life cover. Mm. And on the face of that, you can see that the policies were not designed to create large profits. Mm-hmm. Constantia then says they could not sell them because nobody was willing to buy policies oh. that were not driven to make profits. I mean, surely as well, um, Sonama, I mean, I'm not sure how well versed you are with insurance matters. When you design a product, you would obviously have some kind of actual assumptions that will be built into it. Um, surely that wouldn't necessarily be the fault of the policyholder, would it? Because you, you, you've got this product that is there and ultimately you're looking for it to be able to perform some of those things as well. I mean, should, should that not be some of the things that you're obviously raising at the tribunal as well? Yes, definitely. We we are looking into the actuarial assessment involved in creating these policies mm-hmm. as there, there is no reason why the policyholders should bear the onus mm-hmm. of 
of Constantia not making money on the policies. That mm. is in no way their fault. Mm. And I'm also thinking Sonama as well, especially when it comes to the industry. I mean, we've seen the industry go through a lot of changes um, in as far as fairness is concerned. I mean, one um, piece of legislation that comes to mind is, is TCF, treating customers fairly with its six outcomes as well, you know, to say what should be there. Yeah. I would imagine as well with that, I mean, looking at the situation I'm, as it is right now, I mean, some of those things would be, you know, wouldn't be considered um, treating customers fairly, in, 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 in my opinion. I'm just putting it out there. A hundred percent. And we have definitely highlighted that as well as the policyholder protection rules from the Short Term Insurance Act, which has Mm. not been repealed Mm. and which is designed to protect persons that are insured um, in these instances. And when these issues arise, that is where we there is a bit of a disconnect where we cannot understand why the regulator has placed the interests of the insurer above the interests of the insured. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, Salama, I think uh, that brings us to the end of our of our interview today. I think quite interesting, and I, and and I think it's it's a it's a case worth 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 taking up. Um, I think. F- for many, many people that um, obviously have taken out some kind of insurance product, I'm sure it's a case that they will keep, um, you know, interest in as well. Um, so I wanted to take the opportunity just to thank you for joining us today. And I think a very interesting um, um, process that you guys are going through uh, currently. Thank you. Thank you for the time and thank you for having me. And that was Richard's Boy Incorporated Attorney's Associate Attorney, Sonam Mansing, telling us about the illegal battle with Constantia Insurance. It is taking care of business on Rise FM. You are with Zingisa Chirwa and Wandile Mazibugo.